Hello, and welcome to Sounding Out with Izzy, the podcast where we have conversations with musicians, music producers, publicists, live promoters, zine makers, journalists, and more about their experiences working in the music industry as women, non-binary, and queer people. I'm your host, Isabel Corp the founder of the Queer Femme music-based blog and YouTube channel, A Girl's Two Sound Sense. For today's episode, I am joined by singer-songwriter and mental health advocate Clay. Clay is a self-proclaimed neurodivergent pop star who was raised in the flower child city of San Francisco. Clay and I discuss her latest album, Holy Silence, for the spring, performing with the San Francisco Girls Chorus at a former presidential inauguration back in high school, and why she prefers performing at concerts rather than attending them. And without further ado, let's get right into this episode. Hi. Can you see me? Yes. I can see Oh my you. gosh. So sorry for that mix up. You're good. I think the new date didn't get into my calendar. So I was like, what are you talking about? I had literally just left my house. So I just ran back. <laughs> you're totally, you're totally fine. Oh Happens a lot to me. Online calendars and alerts, they just make them so confusing all the time. They really don't work for me because, I mean, they don't work for me because I don't look at them, but I actually did look at the calendar today. And so, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, they don't, they don't work for me because I don't look at them, but usually my team is gracious enough to tell me, hey, good morning. You're doing this <laughs> today, which is great. <laughs> yeah, that's always helpful. I, it's like reminders for me. When reminders pop up on my phone, I'm like, oh God, there's that annoying notification. I was hoping that I was going to get a text answered for this urgent work situation, but it's a reminder, (laughs) which might also be something important, (laughs) ironically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not really a big technology person, so I'm just kind of trying to, I'm trying my hand at technology these days because of the importance because of the advent of the digital age, which I know happened a long time ago, but I've just kind of been ignoring it under my duvet. So now I'm having to kind of readjust and figure that out. Yeah. So let's start out with you telling me what your name is, where you are, and what time it is. Okay. Hi, I'm Clay. It is 12, 12 noon here in semi-sunny Los Angeles, California. Beautiful. 12, Where... 12 p.m., not noon. <laughs> Where in sunny Los Angeles are you? I am in mid-city area. Where are you? I am in New York City. I am currently based in Chelsea and I live right by the Chelsea Hotel, which I walk by like every day, which is quite a trip. Just like, it's almost like just to walk by that piece of like iconic history every day. 
Leonard Cohen's often on my mind. Yeah. Definitely, like, the vibes still adorn the air. But, yeah, it's a trip. But it's really cool. And it is very cloudy here today. It is currently 3.14 p.m. Eastern Time. And I am, well, excited to be finally getting to speak to you. Yes, likewise. So why don't you tell me how your Pride Month treated you this year? Oh my gosh. I I have I have to admit, I really did not celebrate Pride this month. I think being a queer person, I'm celebrating Pride year-round. So I did not participate in any Pride activities. I did go to Dyke Day here in LA. I made a little probably like hour long venture over there to the park. It was nice to kind of sit in community for a little bit, but I've kind of been a little bit of a recluse and I've been in the studio a lot. So yeah, Pride always makes me happy because I feel like people are really joyful. I love the spirit of Pride. So I've been kind of adjacent to it, but I haven't really been involved in any festivities myself. That's nice to hear. I agree because I definitely relate to that. I feel like the older I get, the less queer I feel specifically during Pride Month, <laughs> especially when you're just out, when you're just walking around the streets during Pride Day and you see people in rainbow audible and Capital One shirts and you're just like, ick, I don't know, <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. Totally. But that sounds nice that you spent a lot of time in the studio. Where is your studio based at the moment? I actually, most people, I think during the pandemic, especially kind of transition from like bigger studios that are like shared spaces to kind of building out studios in their own homes. So I do have a setup that I record at home, but I just have a few people that I work with that I'll just literally go to their apartment or their house and work out of their studios. So it's, yeah, it's really nice. It's intimate. I only work with like a few people at this point, the kind of same people consistently. So yeah, just a few different like home studios that I go to. That's really nice. It must feel very person, a little more personal then because it's not like a pristine like space that you're being charged upwards of thousands of dollars for. I know. Yeah. It, I also think it takes a lot of pressure off and and I'm somebody that has to be in a, in a safe environment in order to like produce my best work. So it definitely is conducive to that. And these collaborators that you often work with during studio time, do you want to tell me a little bit about them? Well, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the person that I work with who I've been working with a lot, um, he is like a drummer, but then also plays different instruments. Originally kind of drummer into producer into playing different instruments as well. And that's who produced all of my last EP that just came out, Holy Silence for the Spring. Yeah. Nice. Tell me a little more about the EP. What was your mindset going into it? And Yeah, so I originally wrote the song Letting You Go about last, I want to say last October. And once I wrote that and we kind of built that sonic world, I knew that that sonic world hadn't been fully realized yet. And I didn't just want to transition to kind of new music. I wanted to build a, I wanted to build more of a world around that song. So that song was kind of the nucleus that held everything together and the kind of like thing that sparked the rest of the EP. 
And then everything else just kind of came around that. Even the level of like vulnerability that I feel that I tapped into in letting you go, then kind of influenced the song Jamie, um, Holy Signs for the Spring, the the intro came about once I came up with the title and I was like, you know what? I actually came up with the title of the EP before I wrote that title track. And then I knew that I wanted to write a title track. So yeah, it just all, all kind of trickled together over the holidays and came into fruition top of this year. I worked with the guy that I mentioned, Pat Howard, and then my friend Balam Garcia, who is a guitarist who's incredible. And just the two of them, just the three of us in Pat's home studio, kind of collecting ideas and building out this EP around that song, Ethos, the kind of like sonic world and the ethos of that song, the kind of the pieces that it hit, if that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. And when you got to the stage where it was time to release the EP out into the world, how do you feel that your reflections on it have affected you personally? Like, is there anything that any like leaves that went like tur- that you turned over since writing the songs that you might not have known while you were writing? Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I definitely think that I write songs for my future selves because I feel like I channel songs a lot. I don't often, it, it's it's one or the other. Like it, it's, I would say I don't often, but that's not actually true. I do have kind of a collection of what I call like song seeds that I know, okay, I want to write a song about X, Y, or Z. And I have those that are constantly in my head. But a lot of the time, I will not actually have a concrete concept and the song will just blow out of me. So I think because a lot of songs I feel like I channel, like I feel like where did that even come from? I can experience almost as a listener in in retrospect. And I can experience in new ways and in new forms as a listener rather than the creator of the song. Because I have some type of distance from it because I feel like it was like, it came through me rather than from me. That makes sense. Right, yeah. What do you feel like is more of your starting point? Are you a lyrics first person or an instrumental slash melody first person? I definitely thrive when there's an instrument playing a melody. Not necessarily the melody line that I would play, but if there's an instrument like a guitar playing chords or playing some type of motif, usually the melody and lyrics for me come out at the same time. And I find it really hard to catch up one or the other. So if they don't come out at the same time, I find it really hard to, yeah, to 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 write the song. So if a melody comes out first, even if it's a great melody, I find it hard to put lyrics to it and vice versa with lyrics. Yeah, that's interesting how it flows better when they come out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like the song Fairy Song that I just released, like in addition, that song literally just came out. I, I actually don't know else how else to describe it. I laid on my stomach, 
a friend was playing the guitar. The producer I was working with that day. These two guys, Baca and Brandon, they're so sweet. Brandon was playing the guitar. It just moved me. And I was laying on my stomach in their, again, home studio. And I had a pen to paper and the whole song came. Within wow. probably within, within probably seven minutes, I had the first verse and chorus. Written, done. Wow. That sounds like you almost left your body for a second. <laughs> <laughs> that is 100% correct. Yes. And so then usually like verse two is where I will kind of give some thought to, okay, now this has flown out. So now what do I want to say that I haven't said yet? And that's when I'll kind of bring it to my like mind space rather than my out of body. That's when I kind of ground back into myself. But yeah, that was absolutely an out of body experience. Hmm. And for this EP trilogy that you have going, what sort of spurred the idea to make that a linear sort of concept with these with this trilogy? Yeah, I write a lot about nature in general. I write a lot about nature because I write music that is healing. Does that make sense? Like my, I feel like the reason that I make music is to heal myself. And then the reason that I share said music is to hopefully heal others that listen to it. So just as healing is a non-linear, very kind of cyclical, if not more of a spiral actually that keeps going out and out um, process, I feel I felt like all three of these projects touch on the themes of healing and the themes of nature. And so I thought that they actually fit together quite well. Breathing into Bloom being kind of the first step into healing. Holy Silence for the Spring being the retreat back into self. Being like, wait, fuck, I thought I healed this. Why am I still in this, you know, lonely dark place but knowing that that's just part of the healing process and then hopefully we'll, we find some relief with the next project or rather than rather than relief more like another layer of self-inquiry I would say yeah I feel like that's a really great way to really turn over these new leaves as it were especially through a medium that is so cathartic to immerse yourself within like music and just the act of just playing on stage in general i'm sure like you're exercising a lot of like inner demons that i do you feel like that i i, I talk to a lot of like my friends who perform and that's that seems to be a common shared experience yeah, I definitely think that there are many elements that I'm neurodivergent, like I, I, I'm autistic and I only was diagnosed a couple years ago and it really makes sense to me because of what a somatic, like full sensory feeling it is to sing, to actually have my voice be built into my body and to resonate through like my skull, you know, like as a voice 
essentially does. And I can feel it through my whole body resonating. And and I always say that I sing to self-soothe, you know, whenever I'm having like a meltdown or I'm extremely overstimulated or really overtired or just overwhelmed in any way. Humming and singing is really something that like just even the vibrations through my body really soothes me. So people often ask, because I get very overstimulated in crowds and I, I actually like don't attend concerts myself. They're like, oh, well, how does it feel to be on stage? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm self-soothing. Like as long as I'm singing, I'm very, very grounded and very in my purpose, it feels. So yeah, I, I think I answered your question. I'm sorry, I kind of lost track of the question. <laughs> no, that was a beautiful answer. I really like the, what you said about self-soothing. I spoke to a performer a while ago, like a year ago, and she has, she puts on, her band puts on really raucous, like punky, really sporadic, like types of performances. And she had mentioned that it felt like meditating almost, which like feels like the polar opposite energy of like the energy that she's like excising on stage. But it yeah. really made it, it honestly made total sense because you're getting like that energy out and you're like just sort of on another plane almost. You mentioned that you don't attend concerts yourself. Well, why is that? Just because I, I don't enjoy them. They're loud and overstimulating and I don't like crowds or being touched by people. <laughs> yeah, I I love like very specific shows. Like I really enjoy, for example, like the Hollywood Bowl. There's certain venues that I like that I can kind of have a system for myself to go to if a friend's performing and I can go backstage and have the solace of the green room I'm happy to go but yeah it's it's a shame I am trying to find a way to mitigate that for like other neurodivergent people in my own shows so that the process can be more enjoyable even like the sheer fact of the like that you will undoubtedly have a light shined in your face during the show you know as the lights kind of move up and down and they flash the audience like things like that yeah it's just an unpredictable environment that I don't really enjoy so I just tend to avoid them I really like kind of acoustic sets or intimate spaces but I don't I don't really attend shows unfortunately hmm yeah, I yeah, I hear you for sure. And because it is it can be a very unsettling experience, especially at like the smaller venues where everyone's just packed in, especially yeah, if sure. it's a relatively bigger artist, especially at a venue like a like I don't know, like a Webster Hall or like a Roxy in LA or something like that. Totally. Yeah, I hear you. Also, I am curious to know what artists inspire you at the moment be it like if you even listen to other music while creating because i know some artists do some artists don't but is there anyone in particular that you're really keen on who is inspiring to you yeah i mean i have so many artists that i listen to that are inspiring i mostly listen to older artists like not older i i, I guess just like from different eras 
and it just depends on kind of what it is that I'm going through at that time in my life. So I'll have like a phase where all I listen to is mo- is like records from Motown for months. Um, and then sometimes I'll listen to contemp- more contemporary artists. Um, I just saw Jill Scott at the Hollywood Bowl and I'm like a super fan of Jill Scott. And we also have the same birthday. So I was really, 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 really stoked to see her. I have so much respect for her. And it was so funny because she she did not play anything other than her album. She's like, this is my album show. I'm going to play my album top to bottom. And then I'm going to leave. I'm not going to play any additional songs. I'm not going to play an encore. This is the album that you're getting. And I really love that because she just has such a, I have a reverence for her artistry um and her grace and the way that she yeah just her yeah her artistry I also love who are new people that I'm really into I love the artist Mariba she can do no wrong for me every every single time she puts a song out I'm like even more moved than the last I'm kind of blanking on other artists but yeah I'll, I'll name her for now She's an incredible artist that's in the more contemporary space and who just is a phenomenal songwriter. Phenomenal songwriters are like definitely, I guess, what's the word? Figures to be cherished, especially nowadays. Especially with like, don't get me wrong, I love like all the pop girlies and and everything like creative that's happening at the moment and there's some top 40 that's good but like it honestly doesn't even like it kind of astounds me that the radio has even survived the streaming era at all yeah absolutely yeah it is but it's i feel like the radio is only playing songs that are big on tiktok now but yeah phenomenal songwriters are absolutely not not a common phenomenon i just think that like a a, an exceptional anyone in any kind of any art is you know the beauty is that we get to see like witness a few in our lifetime if we're lucky i also think that ryan Beatty is a phenomenal songwriter he just put out a record yeah, that's what I've been listening to. There's this song called Bruises Off the Peach that's so fucking good. And I'm like, well, why the fuck did I not write that? That's so annoying. Certain songs, I'm like, damn. That's like, it It feels so It feels so resonant. And I'm like, where, why didn't I pick up on this shred of genius like flying through the ethers, you know? Yeah, he is phenomenal. Absolutely. For sure. And... As someone who grew up in San Francisco, you, I feel like, were you raised in an arts, like, like an arts household or did, or was that something like you ventured out into on your own? I definitely ventured out into, onto that, sorry, I ventured into it on my own for sure. I, like, my parents are very arts adjacent. I mean, I, it was very encouraged in my household. It was very open, very encouraged, very musical in the sense of, like, my parents are both music lovers. They're art lovers. They have a lot of friends that are artists and musicians and of all different types of, you know, like, 
all different mediums. So it was very encouraged from a young age for me to be a singer because I've been singing my entire life. And yeah, they were always stoked on it. Yeah, and you performed at the White House at one point, right? I performed at, I did not perform at the White House. I performed at the inauguration of Barack Obama in 2008 with my girls chorus, actually. So I was in the San Francisco girls chorus my entire life. I mean, not my entire life, my entire adolescence. So from age like seven to 16, I was a part of the girls chorus and we performed at the inauguration in 2008. That's insane. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. I bet. It was incredible. What do you feel like is another aspect of being an artist that you find is personally unique to being a musician that you feel like you wouldn't find anywhere else? I hope I worded that question okay. <laughs> like the, about the medium of, of music, you mean? Yeah, about the medium of music. But yeah, I think speaking to what I had said earlier, like it's something really incredible about like how sound is vibration. And I think that it's like a really transcendent medium because it's something that you can participate in in so many different, you know, it's like you're listening, but you're also feeling so like you know sound is it's possible to touch it you know it's like if you put your hand on a speaker you can hear the way that the sound waves are moving it's such a beautiful a beautiful thing I also just think that it is yeah it's a it's a transcendent force that everybody can participate in which I think is a beautiful regardless of you know, regardless of skill level, everyone has a voice, right? Like you can sing along to something and people always say to me, oh my God, if it's one thing I could do, I wish I could sing. And I'm like, but you can sing. It got, You know, it's like, perhaps that's not what you've chosen as your career, but it's something that, you know, so many of us are capable of doing, if not all. So yeah, I think that it's something that everyone can participate in. I think that it crosses culture. I think it crosses language. And it's just, to me, like such an accessible medium that's such a transcendent art form. I agree. I really love especially what you said about how anyone can do it, because I think a great deal of the fun is lost when people start taking art too seriously, even if mm -hmm. like you're doing it as a career, like you should still be able to find that, you know, joy and personal fulfillment in what you're making, because that's why you do it. Right? Totally. Yeah. And who are some of your previous collaborators that you would count as a life achievement to have worked with out of curiosity? I think everyone that I've collaborated with, I would consider that. I think that they're Alessia Cara, Duckworth are people that I consider friends of mine. So it was like a beautiful experience to be able to collaborate with them and for them to share their platform and their fan base and their artistry with me. But yeah, everyone that I've collaborated with, I feel really grateful to have been able to work with. 
that's really nice. And what else are you really excited for that you have in store for the rest of this year? I think in the fall, I am planning to go on my first headline run, which would be amazing. I've been dying to tour. I've been dying to play out. That's where my joy lives. That's where my bread and butter kind of lives. My bread and butter is definitely live shows. So it would be really nice to be able to get back to that. And yeah, to do my first headline run. Amazing. And where can people as well find- as more- <laughs> Sorry. And merch. Yes, merch. We love merch. And oh, yeah, and I'm putting more music out in the fall too, which will be great. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear that new music. And where can people find you online? Pretty much every every socials. I'm I am Clay Official on 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 TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you use. And then also I'm clayofficial.com. Yeah, we have we have merch on there and tour dates will be updated on there as well. And yeah, I've been really trying my hand at being more active on socials. So you can definitely catch me on social media these days. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Clay, for hopping on and chatting with me. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. Um, Yes, likewise. Thank you so much for listening to Sounding Out with Izzy, and thank you to Clay for joining me today. Remember to subscribe and sign up for the mailing list on my YouTube channel and written blog, both under the name A Girl's Two Sound Sense. Give the podcast a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you in the next episode of Sounding Out with Izzy. Thank you.